three quarters in just one 26 and one that was a 29 and three piece of cake third quarter for venerable as she comes into the stretch venerable the one to catch duly resolved in the pocket spot now he'll get a clear lane late from actonel venerable the one he's trying to track down duly resolved is up and driving venerable at the rail duly resolved on the outside giving it his best venerable at the inside duly resolved is closing in venerable leads the line at the inside venerable holds on to win by a head over a dead game duly resolved it 2021 um mohawk million uh went to venerable and trainer nifty norman we have nifty here and we're actually in the barn uh with nifty norman first thomas this is um episode number 40 and thank you nifty for inviting us here and having us um why don't we just start right there venerable what can you tell us about her i mean come on she did everything right right yeah, pretty much everything. Uh, you know, maybe by the uh, Breeders' Crown where she made a mistake, but uh, listening to that uh, replay actually doesn't bring back a lot of great memories. I was pretty nervous right there, but uh, she hung tough and uh, got the job done. It was great. What, what, it was so interesting when 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 you when people are talking about you. Um, there are a couple. There are so many things I want to ask you. But um, first of all, do you see yourself as a Philly trainer? I mean all those great fillers you've had well not really i mean you know i, I don't try and fill the brand up the fillies but that's uh, kind of how things go you get branded a little bit don't you like whatever you have success with people think that uh, that that's what you want to do i mean a, a couple of times i've had a couple of owners say to me oh you can't train colts well i don't know about that you know we'll, we'll see but uh, maybe you get a better philly stock right maybe that's what yeah well, you know, my, some of my owners really like the Phillies because of the um, the value after they race. You know, right? So a lot of your a lot of your owners are, are breeders. Yeah, also. and 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 yeah, and they're Philly fans. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Would like with Venerable, like with her pedigree from the get go, how was she? Really, really nice. Yeah, a little. You know, she was a little uh, aggressive there over the winter, and we spent quite a bit of time calming her down. Um, I'd kind of kept an eye on on our two sisters, who who are both a little bit that way as well, I think. So we just um, and the Walners right off the bat seemed a little warm as well. So we just kept her locked in and on a helmet most of the winter because she was she would grab on, but but you you knew right away that she was uh, way above average. Um, it was funny because Dave McDuffie used to call all the time and say, "How's Delilah doing? How's Delilah doing?" Because Delilah was the expensive one and and beautiful filly. And I said, "Well, you know, don't rule out this other one here. She's she's pretty damn good too." So um, yeah, she was good from day one. Yeah, I remember the first qualifier you did with her. Yeah. David just sit, 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 and yeah, and that was you know by design. We you know sort of warned David too that she don't put her on the front. I don't think that's where she wants to be. You know. What a great year she had, and, and so did you, right? Like, if you're going to take us back to the beginning, and did you kind of expect this because of all these two-year-olds you had and even the three-year-olds um, um, that gave you the title trainer of the year, if you take us back, you moved to a new farm. You, you, uh, you've been at um, White Birch, which is hot lead farm now for a very long time. You moved to Magical Acres and now to this uh, facility where we're at right now. Um, how was that for you, and what, what were your expectations going into the year when you don't kind of, it's kind of a new place where you're at. Still. Well, the, the, this was the second year here, and we had a pretty good year the year before as well. Um, you know, and I, I, I copped a lot of grief from 
all kinds of different people will be moved here because you're moving to a half mile track and um, a smaller private place where there's not a lot of um, uh, maintenance uh, personnel or equipment and things like that. And uh, a lot of people warn me, say, why the hell would you do that? But I think it's just worked out good. It's a, as you can see, it's a nice place. There's a great environment. And we had a good year in, in 2020. And, um, you know, everything's based on stock, isn't it? If you've got stock, then you, you're, you've got a chance. And, and I, I knew we had stock. We had good stock the year before. And, you know, the, the two-year-olds that were coming back at three were good horses. And, and the two-year-olds that we bought uh, looked pretty decent. We spent a lot of money. So, so I was pretty confident. for them. But, you know, you, know, you don't know you're going to have... Uh, that kind of you know sometimes you just can't do anything wrong sometimes you can't do anything right sometimes you can't do anything wrong doesn't matter what happens that's how, how yeah. kind of how the racing works out too right like sometimes you, you know, yeah it doesn't matter how what happens yeah you're in the right spot at the right time yeah on on this facility what do you have you have a half my track what yep. more do you have uh sand there's a sand jog track on the infield there's a small a strip that we can you know it's not ideal but we can go about a quarter mile straight um i got a really good pull and um I'm a I'm a paddock crazy guy. I like like every horse to get out every day kind of thing. So we have a lot of paddocks. I have about sixteen paddocks, and uh, pretty much you can do whatever you want. You know, when when you're on a a private quiet place like this, you can train reverse. You can do whatever you want. You can train on the outside of the track, the, the middle of the track, wherever you want to be. So it just uh, w when you want to do a variety of different things, it, it makes life a lot easier. Yeah, sure. So, like, people um, kind of connect you with uh, be a magician, right? Like, if you if you were go if you're gonna rank your horses that you have had, um, if you're gonna say like five top horses that you have trained, who were the five top ones be? Who? Um, well, well, she's number one, and probably always will be because I mean, they just don't come along horses that win four million dollars, um, and and she was a great. Uh, horse for several years which doesn't happen very often either right. um after her i don't know there's uh, it's hard i mean um there's so many great horses right? yeah some, so a lot many. of good ones i mean you know like you say this year i mean bella bellini that's a story of its own venerable's a great story um um but you know sometimes you have a horse that uh, didn't cost you a lot of money and and didn't have any uh aspirations about it but they turned out to be really good um, you know, I enjoy those kind of stories too. Like, you know, I, like a, a filly I had a few years back, Beat Goes On Hanover. You know, she was a $30,000 yearling and won a million dollars. I mean, you know, stuff like that. You get a big thrill out of stuff like that too. Puff She's Gone? Yeah, Puff She's Gone. That was my first horse to win a Breeders' Crown. And, you know, she's a homebred and uh, uh, just really, really, really cool. Bella Dolce. Yeah, yeah. we have a yeah. picture about yeah. Bella Bellina's mom. Yeah. Um, last year, two horses made over a million. Yeah, pretty wild. I, I, you know, when someone said that's the first time that's ever happened, I just never, never even entered my mind that. Uh, I just thought, you know, Jimmy or somebody would have done that for sure. You know, but that's pretty cool. It's hard to win a million dollars with a young horse. It's hard. It's hard to win a million with one horse. Right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. You, you got two. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, why Nifty? Where does Nifty come from? Oh, your name is Richard Norman, so I want to know. Yeah, well, that's an old story. I've had to tell that a few times here lately, but it was right back when I first left school. I think I was about 16, and um, I was working in the stockyards at home, uh, penning up sheep and cattle and stuff like that, and 
my boss told me to go down and unload that truck, and he's, he's like yelling at me, hurry up, get your ass down there. So I'm running down and jumping over the fences, jumping from pen to pen, trying to put on a show for the new boss, the big boss. And about the third fence, I tripped and went right on my ass and ended up on my back in a big pile of sheep shit. And he just came walking over. He said, that was pretty nifty, and that was about it. I got called that from then on. Oh, I got it. Um, when did you come over here, and um, how has this journey been for you? And do you have plans in the future to go back home and retire at home or, or something like that? Or is this your home now? Uh, you know, you've begun to go home every year since I've been here, but uh, uh, that's just how it goes. I, I came in 85. I've actually been back a couple of times. You know, you you get a little tired or you get a little sick of it, you go home, but I, I couldn't do it. Uh, you miss the action too much, you know. Um, and, and horses are an addictive thing, I think. You can't get them out of your system. I went home and just did a couple of different jobs. But I couldn't take it. I wanted to be back around the horses and... Uh, you know, New Zealand's a really quiet uh, place. You know, things like I say, they they roll the roads up at ten o'clock, and but we, um, I just couldn't, I couldn't take the. It was wasn't enough action for me, so I had to come back. But as far as going back to retire, I doubt that'll happen either. I'll probably just uh, <laughs> You're working drop dead here somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, but if you do what you love, right? You people say if you if you manage to, work, <coughs> you don't work a day in your life, right? That's right. That's so. right. It's a good saying, you know. I mean, like. Uh, Oh, I'm lucky. I can't wait to get up in the morning, you know, so right. a lot of people don't feel that way, eh? Exactly. What, what can you, like, everybody's asking about, like, Bella Bellini. I think she made seven stars as a two-year-old. Yeah. And then she changed and become a champion. Yeah, but, jeez, if I knew the answer to that, I'd be, a, you know, know everything. But honestly, she, she had speed, but she could not try to turn at all. I mean... She could go reverse as fast as you want, any time. But you know, there's no no tracks that race reverse. So, you know, I, in the end, we we gave up. I took her to Lexington, and she went a couple of not bad trips. And I said to Dave, "What do you think?" And he said, "You know, I could sell her for broodmare. She's worth some money." But he said, "What do you think?" And I said, "Well, she's got a lot of speed." And uh, he said, "Well, let's give her another shot." You know, so all we did was turn her out, bring her back. She, you know, she was she had she was sore in the knees and that. We just blistered them up. And brought her back, and straight away she was better, you know. But as you know, as the year started off, I, you know, if you if you look back and see where I raced her, I just raced her in those series and things like that because I didn't think she'd hold up. She was never hundred percent sound, but to her credit, she got sounder and sounder as the year went on, and at the end of the year, she was the soundest she ever was. So it was all her, really. She's. Uh, just an amazing athlete. Yeah, it's hard to to bring back a horse like that. How do you like? How how is the thought process going back with a horse like that staking here? What is the mindset when you go in into a season with a horse like that? That yes, you knew she had ability, but is it fair to say that you want to be fair to the owner also, not overstake and and stuff like that as well? Or yeah, or well, how do you look well, at it? well, basically we said you know, let's just put her in a couple of races you know that you'd like to win so the bridge's crown and, and the hamiltonian no, so the, the obvious two races that you would stake a horse to if you were just going to give him a shot and then we because we didn't stake her a whole lot and then we just looked at a couple of races either side of those two that were on a mile track or on a big track didn't stake her anything on a short track and um that's about how it worked out and uh like i say it was, it was gravy 
Yeah, and what about when you when you um, did you feel that she had changed from two to three when you when you brought it to the track or? Yeah, no. Even trading back, you know, I, I had four fillies, I think, um, and they're all pretty decent. And um, it, it was kind of where you couldn't tell who was the best out of the four. They're all very even, and uh, you know, she was the the least sound of the four, but turned out to be the best. But like when. When did you see? Because I have a feeling that Nifty Norman, he is not like a guy who go very much in a race bike. No, not at all. No, you know, I, I I'm too fat to get in the bike, so uh, <laughs> they basically don't go in the bike till they go to the qualifiers. But she did, um, she did uh, go a couple of good trips here at home, just go in reverse, and then um, you know, we're, we're kind of Scotty and I are both pretty high on her. I can't remember what race it was, but it was the first time Dexter got on her, and he's like, "Wow, where'd you get this thing from?" You know, like. And did he try her as a two-year-old? I can't remember if he. No, no, he never. No, I never did. No, because maybe he would have remembered if. He no, he 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 did, and uh, you know, like David drove as a two-year-old quite a bit, and then he he couldn't drive; he he had to drive something else, and uh, yeah, Dexter jumped on, and you know, we went to Pocono for that uh, little series there. Weiss. The Weiss and. Uh, Man, she went a couple of really impressive trips there. Yeah, she did indeed. Yeah, but I, but I had another one in the series at the same time. Um, Easy Pass. Easy Pass, who yeah. I think won the final, right? Yeah. And then, uh, but I, I didn't race Balabalini in every leg because I, I didn't want to be too tough on her. So she wasn't even eligible to the final, I think. That's how it went. So, but, but she did go a couple of really good trips there. Uh, if we go a little back to to vulnerable Mohawk Million against the boys, yeah. Uh, this year we have the Hamiltonian. What are you thinking? Well, I'm going to Kentucky uh, tomorrow actually to pick her up, so I'll be interested to see how she's developed. You know, she was she was getting real growthy towards the end of the year, and you could tell she was going to you know get quite a bit taller. But I just hope she's got a bit stronger. Um, you know, I guess she's she's probably going to be one of the favourites, uh, you know, as far as this time of the year for the Oaks. So, um, yeah, I, we'll, I, we'll I, just have to see how she comes back. Yeah, I, I see. Like, can can Walken come out for a week ago with his Hamiltonian pole, and he had two fillies on the top. Yeah, yeah. So because it's it's not bad to say about the Colts last year, but the fillies look stronger last year than the Colts. So. Um, you're taught about the open compared to the Oaks. I know we are early in February, but I, I haven't thought about that. No, that's way too far ahead for me. But um, it's a nice problem to have when if you get it there, is. you know. But uh, when like uh, Winnable is coming back now, what is her like setup for the next couple of weeks before she starts training? Um, she'll just be uh, jogging here. She likes to jog on the lead a little bit. I'll probably just start her off on the lead and then uh, put her in the cart in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, but she's a real uh, athletic filly. She won't take a lot of work, I don't think, to get her back. Just a lot of uh, long, slow stuff, mile and a half, so that uh, just like the rest of them. Yeah. And what about um, how how um, how do your stock look like for this coming year for as far as two year olds going? Yeah, good. I, I've got I've got a lot of two year olds again. I got thirty eight or thirty nine. I think. How many How many all together you got? I think maybe thirty eight now. And all and horses all together. 
Um, when I gather them all up, it's a, it's a stupid number for me. It's like 66. Oh, wow. Too many. Is yeah. that the biggest you've ever been? Yep. Yep. Well, I mean, I had this about the same last year, but I knew a lot of them weren't going to stick around. But this year I've got um, more stock, more more numbers that look like they, they can get the job done. Yeah, so so if you're going to point out a few um, up to this point, is there anything you want to you want to stick out? So like when I come and see them, it's hard for me to gauge what's it, what is the better, you know, what's better and what. You mean you the two-year-olds? Yeah, as far as two-year-olds. Well, I've, well, I've got some really nice fillies. I got a um, Muscle Hill filly out of Be a Magician that I really like. I have a Muscle Hill filly out of the Ice Queen that I really like. Right. I've got a Tactical Landing um, sister to. Quattro de Julio, wow. who's, who's really nice. Big filly, but really, really nice. I've got the Walner out of um, Hey Blondie. It was a $400,000 filly, but beautiful, big, strong filly. So um, th th that's four pretty nice fillies there, five pretty nice fillies there. Um, I got a um, Tom Hill's got a homebred Chapter 7 colt out of Caprice Hill. Oh, nice. That's real nice. Um no, you know, pretty pretty good, pretty good again. Yeah, and you also have kept all, all always. You keep um, like a few racehorses here and there, and uh, you're not only concentrating on it. It's kind of odd to see that, right? Like, yeah, well, I like uh, you know a lot of owners like having a horse to race. You know, you, uh, it's good to have some income from another horse, an overnight horse, or you know, you, you, you get a horse like Amigo Volo in the barn. You know, he's a great little earner. And uh, yeah, what can you say about Amigo Volo? Because He's coming back. Like I was sure he was like almost done, and then he's kicking back, and now he's doing good on Yonkers. Yeah, well, he just in the middle of the year there, he got a bit sick, and he was having trouble with allergies, and he would bleed a little bit all the time. And we just uh, we just shut him down and and messed around with some different um, situations, feed wise, bedding wise, uh, different uh, therapeutics, and. Uh, He finally he come around and and you know and then we we weren't really I wasn't I was just going to race him a few more times and then shut him down but yeah you know, we took him to Yonkers there and it's a match made in heaven uh, you know it's, it's not necessarily somewhere you'd want to race the horse every week but man he can fly around there so um, his like, gait is yeah yeah his can, technique is yeah and he's he's a good little horse he he did he did have a rough year but. I think he's going to have a good year this year. It's a transition year, you're right. Yep. Do you see that more in Colts than Phillies, or do you? I just think you see it in four-year-olds in general, don't yeah. you? It's yeah. tough. Yeah, it yeah, especially a horse like him. He raced big at two and three. He had a lot of starts both years. Probably, you know, left a lot on the tracks. So he probably, you know, but like I say, you see that a lot with four-year-olds, don't you? They just struggle a little bit. Yeah. So then um, there's a couple of questions that we've always, um, that we ask everyone. Um, so, like, we... Um, It's a well-known fact that we have trouble getting new owners and new uh, help and uh, and so forth in in uh, in our industry. Um, what do you think is uh, one of the things that we could uh, really do to help getting the younger in generation interested and maybe start? Well, <laughs> uh, change your immigration rules for one thing, maybe you know. Like you say, you, you know, a few years ago we used to have a lot of Kiwi and Aussie uh, kids come over. We used to get a lot of Swedes and. You know, people from Europe and that, but yeah, it's really tough to do that now. I think that's a problem. But you know, uh, you just don't get you know, young people come along. I'd like to see some more um, 
kind of sponsorship programs or something like that where you can bring kids along and maybe there's some way to 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 get it um, subsidised or something. I don't know, but you got, but you're right. We got to get young kids in the barn somehow. Yeah, yeah, the thing is, what I've been looking at, it, like, I have two younger, well, they're getting older now, but, like, I could never bring them to the paddock at the Meadowlands, for example. But I brought my son to Canada, and he could be in the paddock, and he was, he loved it, right? Yep. So, like, he wanted to, like, put bandages on the horse when we got back to the barn because he, he rode with me and so forth. But here, he's been distanced from it. Um, I understand there are liabilities and, and all those things, and, you know, people can get sued and, and they can get hurt, but I think we need to get people more involved into getting closer to the horses absolutely you agree Abs- yeah, absolutely I, I mean there's probably no way around those laws i mean that's just that's a shame but uh one thing i i particularly noticed this year there's a lot of young guys that want to be drivers around uh, especially in our area it seems like i actually spoke with scott at the Meadowlands about it and, and you know they, they like having the amateur driver series and something that's really popular in New Zealand and Australia is the junior drivers. Same in Scandinavia. Yeah, and I would like to see something like that. Yeah, me get, too. Get some races for the young kids. I don't know what the criteria would be. You do it by age or by wins or whatever you do, but you've got to get them involved. And um, most of the young kids that are drivers, you see them travel in groups. They've got three or four other mates that are just tagging along. Yeah. Next thing, they're involved too. So I, I'd, I'd like to see something like that happen. Yeah, and, and like I said, with my kids bringing them, how how important is it for you uh, with your family, uh, your immediate family? How important have that been in your business and in your industry here? Well, yeah, I could see uh, my grandkids being involved. I mean, they love coming to the barn. They're they're only young, but they're the same. They're picking out horses' feet and and putting on bandages and screw it around. I mean, it'd be very easy to see them want to do it, whether. Whether I think that's a good idea or not, I'm not so sure. You but. can't take it out of them, yeah. right? If they have it in the blood, right? It's yeah, tough. yeah. But what I'm saying is, like, um, your wife or whatever, and and they've been a big part of your business, right? Yeah, well, you're you know, big part uh, of your successes. My wife always worked as a groom, and then and uh, her daughter and husband Scotty, they're they both work for me, and you know, I couldn't do it without them. No, it's very important. So, like. Um, when you say your fellow Kiwi Dexter Dunn has been a big part of you last year and David Miller, what can you say about those two as a driver? Well, um, David. Yeah, he speaks for himself, you but know, he's, but uh, would like one of the greatest of all time. But both those guys, the best part about them is they're just good blokes. You know, that's what I love them about them. I mean, they're great drivers, but they're better better people. You know, it's easy to work with, right? Like it, yeah. those are your two main guys. Oh, Dexter's a, he's a freak. I love the guy. He's just, um, he's so humble, he's laid back, and he's just great driver. Oh, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, Nifty, one thing that the listeners do not know about Nifty Norman, what would that be? Uh, stay away from me in the morning. Really? I'm pretty grumpy in the morning. Okay, that's good. <laughs> I don't think so because I've been here early in the morning, so you've been always. You're always in a good mood. I don't agree with that. You got to pick something else. Um, you're a good chef. Uh you're a good chef on the kitchen. Chef? Yeah, terrible, terrible. <laughs> okay on the barbecue, but no, I'm not even allowed in the kitchen. I make too much of a mess. I like it. I like it. <laughs> yeah. You got to pick something. Something that we we all want to know that you're good at. Oh, you well, good at? that made it even harder that I'm good at. Yeah. 
I used to be really good at drinking beer, but I'm not even any good at that anymore. No, but that's come to date, where right? wisened up. Uh, <laughs> All, right. All right, then. Very good. I really appreciate that you um, took your time and uh, sit down with us and then uh, talk to us. And uh, Thomas, uh, do you have anything you want to add? Um, no. Well, I know you're a big cricket fan. Or rugby. A rugby fan. Yep. Yep. Is that in like every New Zealand is a big because I know Dexter is too. Well, it's our national sport, really. Yeah, you are a small for a small country. Uh, New Zealand is very good at it. So uh, I'm a big like uh, without the horns racing. I'm a big soccer fan and UFC, MMA, and yeah, you yeah. guys. You guys have a couple of good guys. Yeah. In, Yeah, like I, I champions just, in UFC. I just watched the young guy there from New Zealand the other day. He's he's really good, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he, Dexter was a good rugby player. I heard too. For like for his physique, yeah, yeah, he's pretty fast. Yeah, yeah. He's pretty skinny. Yeah, really, yeah. Okay. But I, I, he is I, I fast. How many bones? He I, he's fast. I saw him in in Lexington when he was running. Yeah. He 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 is very bad to warm up and he ties up very fast. Yeah, you got to pre-race him. You need to, you need to do that. So, all right, good stuff. All right, thank you guys for listening in, and uh, that would be it for this one. Thank you so much.